The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. All right, everybody. My name is Nubias Wilborn. The name on the marquee is Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. As always, shout out to Classic and Melanie for allowing me to do this show each and every week. And today, I am in Gainesville, GA. Falcons, not too far from here. They used to train here back in the day, but we're here now, home of the Red Elephants. But also, more importantly, maybe, home of an interesting brewery with a funny name, Left Nut Brewery. And the man behind it, Pat Dada. Pat, how are you, my man? I'm good, sir. How are you today? Man, I'm feeling fantastic and going to be feeling even better because I am now starting to slip on your leaning Lena. The Leaping Lena, sir. Leaping Lena, yeah. Leaping. Tell me about the name of that beer, man. Yeah, let me tell you about it. One of the things that we do is with all of our beer names, we try to have a little bit of a background, whether it's uh, reflective of who we are, uh, styles, origin, or local history. And mm. the Leaping Lena comes from a name of a fire engine that was built in 1927 and put into commission in Gainesville. And after the 1936 tornado that devastated Gainesville, that was the only thing remaining standing in downtown Gainesville. Wow, was this fire truck? Yeah, it was this fire truck. And they called it the Leaping Lena because it had a funky clutch, so it kind of leapt. Okay. Before it uh, went anywhere. Nice. So uh, we thought we would honor that memory and uh, uh, produced our Imperial Red Ale. And Red like a fire that. engine. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. And I like the color on this beer, and I like the way it looks. It's an Imperial Red Ale. So talk to me through that style. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, red ales. Uh, typically, people associated that with uh, Irish red ales and things right. like that. You've or the Killian's Irish Red. Exactly. You know what? And I, I will say this real quick. That was one of my, quote, gateway beers. That was one of the first good beers I drank. That's and right. I'll still drink a Killian's. I'm not going to hate on it. Yeah, yeah. If, right. I'm, and, if, and I'm, if I'm at a certain spot, St. Patty's Day. Absolutely. Why yeah. not? And, but and, this is better. And, and again, what we wanted to do was kind of uh, evaluate the market, see what's out there. And there weren't a lot of reds out there. And there may have been a reason for it, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Maybe it's not a popular style. But at the same time, we... We're about kind of putting some things in the market that aren't chasing the rabbit like everybody else. Right. So one of the things we did was said, hey, why not? And our brewer was very interested in it, Jason Ford, uh, our head brewer. Shout out to Jason. Yeah. Get and your scooter right, Jason. Get your scooter right. <laughs> and so uh, basically we created this thing based on his recipe, his idea, and he came up with this uh, thing. And I think what we wanted to do was feature a red ale in all its glory, but amp it up a notch by increasing the amount of alcohol and flavor profile. Yeah. So thus we created that Imperial Red Ale. It's got a lot of the malty, caramely, creaminess to it. But at the same time, it's got a little spicy notes from the use of Bravo hops. Yeah, so I like those Bravo nice, hops, man. Nice balance to that whole thing. Because it, it's interesting because on the front, it's really smooth at the back. That little bit of what? Are, what are, what's the IBUs on this beer? The IBUs aren't that. It's probably about um, in the in the fifties. Okay, just enough. Just, just enough. enough. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of over the crazy hundred ten IBU beer. Not, not there's anything wrong with that, but I like a little bit of balance. Yeah, you know, I like hoppy beers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a hop head. I love it. But I think it's time that uh, we kind of get back to that sort of 
balance you're talking about. Right. And if you notice all of our beers, and I, you know you've tasted a few of ours, mm-hmm. basically what you'll see we're is We're going to try a few more as we go along here. So. Sounds great. <laughs> what we, we're trying to do is kind of feature the malt back again, make the malt part mm-hmm. of the process again, because I think what we've done is gone too far over to take the malt out, make it light, make it light, put it, make it hoppy, make it fragrant. None of that is bad, but I think it's time that we kind of come back to something that doesn't tax you to drink it. Mm-hmm. We want you to kind of enjoy every aspect of that beer, all the dimensions of the beer. So that's why one of the, one of our signatures is going to be, if you taste it, even across our lighter beers, that the malt is featured. Our blonde ale, mm-hmm. you know, we use enough malt in it, so when you taste it, you get a nice mouthfeel. You start to get some honey notes and so forth that aren't always prevalent in a blonde ale. But the fun part we do with that blonde ale is we finish it with a Czech Saz Pops. Oh, yeah. Because that gives it that crisp, Pilsner-esque finish that you don't expect out of a typical blonde ale. And so let me ask you this. We're talking hops, we're talking uh, malt, but you guys like to have a standard yeast? If you don't want to give it up, that's fine, but... No, we have a few yeasts that we okay, use. Okay. Uh, you know, we use um, the 1099 yeast strain, you right. know, which is an English yeast strain. We Old also school, use the yeah. uh, Sierra Nevada 1056 yeast right. strain and so forth. So, yeah, you're right. You know, when it comes back, we are using some of the old school stuff. I like that, though, yeah. And then we also, you know, if you look at our double IPA, we're also using old school hops, Cascade Chinook Columbus. Nothing wrong with that. Bring it back. The basic, simple, but clean hops, because that provides a really good-looking beer when it's brewed right. Not only that, what it does is I think when used in different combinations of the three, while, whether it's in the boil or whether it's, uh, you know, post-boil aromatic or dry hop, mm. you can start really creating a profile that doesn't exist before, even with a three, by just mixing different amounts of each during each phase. So you kind of play with it a little bit. Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe some chinook in the boil, maybe this in the hop. I, I like Absolutely. it. I like it. Having a little fun. And, and you know what? We, we're a commercial brewery, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things we want to do is make sure that we have regular access to all the ingredients and raw materials. Yeah. And, you know, I love all of the great hops that are out there, the citrus, the mosaics, and everything else. Nothing wrong with them. But they're harder and harder, harder, and harder right. to get. Yeah. I, I asked right? my friends up at Creature Comforts with, with Tropicality. Yeah. And they yeah. make a great beer. Yeah. Right? Uh, but what we wanted to do is make sure not only do we make a really good beer, but also didn't choke the market by not having the beer available right. when people wanted it. You can keep making a great right. beer. And i tell you what, you can keep doing things. Keep checking us out here on Here It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. I am here at Left Nut Brewing in beautiful Gainesville, Georgia. And that name, man. <laughs> All right. So everybody asked that. I know. We got, I, we got to go there. We got to go there. Well, so what happened is after about uh, two and a half decades in the corporate world, I decided to take my uh, passion of what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and do something. But really, it didn't really gel right away. And one day after a tough consulting gig, we were sitting around and asking each other. My colleagues were asking me, well, what would you do if you really had to spend the next 50 years doing something? And that's when I said, you know, I would give up my left nut to open a brewery. And that's where the word comes from. And at the end of the day, it is about, you know, giving up something you value to do something you love. Right, right, right. And it takes. A, and speaking of something you value, it takes a lot of money to open a brewery. How much did you start with initially, and how's the investing part kind of going? It, it does take a lot of money. Without going into the numbers or anything yeah. else, you know, um, we we actually have um, my business partner, and, and let me kind of make a shout out to him. His name is Ashesh. 
So that was it. Uh, so Ashesh and I basically kind of decided at some point, let's give up the cubicle and let's kind of step into this world. Uh, we love beer, everything else. Now, we knew we couldn't commercially brew because we don't have that background. Right. So we're fortunate enough. So were you a home brewer? Or? I was a home brewer. Oh, okay. for, since the sort of the late 1980s, I was a home brewer. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, so yeah. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ashesh, although he wasn't a home brewer, he drank a lot. So, right. Yeah, you know, he knows what he likes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, um, when, so when we set out to do this, we needed quite a bit of capital. And I just, just to say, you know, right now to get a brewery of our scale going and in the market, it takes upwards of $2 million plus to put it in play. And, so and that's still not including background money you need no, and everything else. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And, and, and operational money mm-hmm. uh, as an ongoing uh, thing to, right. until you reach your break-even, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so we were fortunate to have a good uh, base of uh, investors. Uh, we continue to raise capital through investors. Um, and so that's where we are right now. So, so far we've been fortunate, and we hope that fortunate uh, process keeps up. Hey, guys, so, you know, hey, you never know out there, man. So, hey, you got an extra couple hundred thousand dollars, Call these guys. Call us up. <laughs> Call us we'll up. Talk. Well, hey, you make it make some magic happen, man. Uh, and speaking of the magic, so you're a homebrewer in the '80s, man. That's a different. I mean, now homebrewers have it so good because you can go on YouTube and literally get instructional videos. Everybody's recipes. A lot of you can find almost any recipe online or do enough research. Right. What was it like then? It was, it, it was very difficult because, if you recall, back in the 80s, homebrewing was illegal. Yeah. Right? So a lot of us had to go to stores that were selling, quote-unquote, bread-making supplies mm-hmm. to buy things. Now, if some of them... Because it's still yeast. It's, it's still, still yeast. It's still malt. Mm-hmm. All those things. Right. Now, the other thing that we really um, were thankful for during the early uh, or the late 80s and so forth was I, I think a lot of your uh, listeners in the Atlanta area will remember the Covert Hop Society. Oh, yeah. Well, the Covert Hop Society were an inspiration. That's who. That was the network you reached out to. That was the network you met with. And they're the ones that taught you how to homebrew. And they had a collection of people that were brewing. Uh, even our uh, uh, R&D guy, Rick, mm-hmm. uh, who helps Jason brew, and, and also a lot of his recipes are on the board uh, as we speak. Um, basically, he was also part of that group. Nice. Um, so uh, yeah, because I, I, I like Crawford. Um, yeah. a lot of people know yeah. he was the yeah. part of that group. Yeah. So I mean, so there were there were these underground leaflets and things like that. Mm-hmm. We would we would get together at that um, shop that sold some uh, some of the ingredients down in Lenox area. Yeah, uh, the bread making the, the bread store. making yeah. store. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was a great experience. But after that, you know, um, I made a trip out to California um, in, in the in the sort of the late eighties. Where um, you know a whole new world opened up to me by visiting Anchor Brewing. Oh yeah, right. And, Old school quality, and, man. And, and and that was my inspiration. That was that has always kind of inspired me to say one day, one day I'll be in this business. Wow. And so let's talk about Anchor a little bit, man. Um, that Anchor Stream Lager is still one of the classic. That's right. Good beers. Did you ever kind of do something similar to that beer? Well, you know, I tried, but I was never <laughs> successful. Well, yeah, right, Because right. <laughs> lagering is hard, yeah. Lagering is hard. And, um, you know, most of us home brewers, we stick with the ales and so forth. But I got to tell you, the person that has made a good, quote, unquote, steam beer uh, is our R&D guy, Rick. Mm. And he has uh, won competitions with this and everything else. Um, and also our brewer, Jason, you know, he he's very familiar and hands-on with the lagering process. So even though maybe I never got my hands really dirty with it, 
I think uh, I have two guys that are very well versed. And in the summer, we're going to be um, in spring. I'm sorry, let me back up. In spring, we'll be releasing uh, Hellas Lager. Ooh, we'll nice. also be Hellas. Yeah, yeah we'll I'm glad like, to see those kind of coming back, yeah. man. Yeah. Shout out the arches up, up, well, kind of far from here, right? Up in Hakeville, they've kind of like put themselves on the lagering scene. It's Great so guys out there. Yeah, yeah. really good vibe. Yeah. Jeff and those guys, yeah. man. Salute to them. Good guys. Good, fun people. I'm glad to see lagering coming in yeah. again, man. And again, we'll we'll also have another uh, um, a robust American Pilsner that Ooh. we'll put out during the summertime. Nice. Uh, sort of an Imperial Pilsner. So, oh, wait so it's going to be an Imperial, so it'll be like higher ABV on that? Yeah, maybe around 75 8% on that's that. A, that's a nice. Yeah. It's a nice. But it, nice and dry and crisp, so mm-hmm. when you're out there, uh, you know, with your barbecue in the summertime, you know, that'd be a nice. You're on the lake. Yeah. Not too far from Lake Lanier here, so yeah. you get out there. Yeah. And we're conscientious about being sort of a Lake Town brewery, uh, so we need to put certain certain types of beers uh, out there for the people to enjoy. So currently, you guys are, are um, on tap only right now, yeah. right? Yeah. So what point are we going to see packaging? We, we are working hard right now. Uh, we've all spoken with uh, some uh, people that do mobile canning and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would like to be sort of in the second quarter, be able to put our uh, blonde ale, our uh, pale ales, and then, like I said, our uh, uh, lagers and pilsters in cans right away. Oh, those would be fun. So uh, I think um, that's our intent at this point. Cool, gotcha. And I'll tell you another place where you can find intent in, right here each and every weekend on Here It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn, and I'm here at Left Nut Brewing with my man, Pat. And, man, this is fun, man. I really appreciate really you inviting me here and letting me come out and do the thing. So, you talked about your startup. Let's talk about your brewing system. Tell me what you're brewing on, man. So, what we're brewing on is an NSI system. We're very fortunate to get hold of this Cadillac of a system. It's got a lot of Siemens automation systems there. We have actually, based on our uh, system, right now it's a four-vessel, 30-barrel-per-batch system. Yeah, um, which is like the Georgia standard now. you got to be 30-barrel yeah, if you're going to be in the state. you got to be. And I think the thing is that, um, you know, as, as the Georgia market opens up, it's not only the Georgia market that we're in, uh, you know, with the brand of uh, Brewery Brotherhood that we're working and competing mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a friendly competing. But yeah. the thing is that we're faced with our neighboring states who have much more la- liberal laws, mm-hmm. yeah, which yeah, now are dumping about. a lot of uh, beers from, you know, their, their systems here, mm-hmm. you know, their breweries, which means that we have to all work together to get a scale and, uh, and volume into our own market. With, so we don't get overshadowed by our neighboring uh, breweries from the other states. So a 30-barrel, I think, is a minimum that you yeah. can now enter the market with, unless you're just going to do it as a brew pub level or something like mm-hmm. that. So we really need, as a commercial uh, distribution-based brewing, we need this 30-barrel uh, system. We have four 60-barrel fermentation tanks, uh, got a one 60-barrel br- uh, bright tank, uh, and I think it serves our purpose. I think with uh, the efficiency of the system that we're getting, we have around a 5,000 barrel capacity per year right now with just the existing system. Nice. And that's, and that's enough definitely to get in the market, Absolutely. do a little packaging, kind of do whatever you need to do Absolutely. to be able to. So um, who are you distorting with right now? We, we've got several distribution partners. We've got four in of different them. Parts of, yeah, 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 in different parts. parts. So we've got Leon Farmer in our neck of the woods in Athens and so forth. They're okay. doing great. Love nice. them. 
uh, working with uh, Eagle Rock uh, towards the Metro Atlanta Swanee oh, area, yeah. mm-hmm. working with Atlanta Beverage for, for uh, Cobb County, uh, Marietta, and down into the Metro Atlanta nice. scene. And we've got AB Beverages, who's uh, been doing great work for us down in the Augusta area. Okay, so how far are you guys distroed right now? We are all the way in Augusta. We're all the way in South uh, uh, Atlanta, Metro Atlanta. You know, it's, it's opportunistic right now as yeah. we are rolling out. Uh, whoever takes us. Now, you know, our friends in uh, Taco Mac are starting to roll us out slowly but surely, nice. uh, which which is great. Because you, you had an event at Taco Mac. What yes. was that? At the Prado, we had a kickoff there when we uh, first uh, started. Nice. Uh, we've had several, um, uh, we, we actually have had several chancellors mm-hmm. request our double IPA be their beer. So nice. that, that's also put us on Taco Mac several times. Yeah, and that's, a, I mean, it's kind of one of those spots where if you came up drinking beer in this city, you went to Taco Mac first. It's I mean, iconic. It's still, yeah, I mean, it's, iconic. it's just, I, I just remember my first time going in there. I was like, oh, my God, all these tabs. Like, yeah. what do you do? And, you know, I mean, times change, things change. But Taco Mac is still a place where you want to be. And, and we're now rolling out. You know, now we have dedicated sales teams out there at, addressing each of our distributors' markets. Nice. So they're out there making the rounds and so forth. So I think in 2017, we're definitely going to start seeing the traction that we've desired and so forth. And we've learned a lot. You know, mm-hmm. coming in here, we brewed our first batch in March of last year. Oh, wow. So yeah. it hasn't been a year yet. Uh, yet we've made some great inroads in the market. Mm-hmm. Great, uh, built some great reputation with the quality of the beers that Jason and Rick have produced. So I think um, I think we've got all the foundations in place. We need to execute, move it forward, and let the people know we exist. Well, I tell you what, and we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. But when we come back on the backside, we're going to get into some of the coolest places you've seen your beer and what's coming up for the future for you guys. So, guys, this is Bearded. We'll be right back. This is Tim Dog from the Comic Book Chronicles. Make sure to join myself, Agent 70, Dirt, and Roddy Cat live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as we discuss the latest breaking comic book news and also review the new comic books each week, along with discussing TV shows, movies, and much more. And make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com. You can listen to the Comic Book Chronicles every Friday by subscribing to the Cold Slither Podcast Network. Boys and girls, we are back here on Beer It Is. Again, my name is Tobias Wilborn, and thanks again to the CSPN Network. Shout out to Classic, shout out to Millie for allowing me to do this show each and every week. This week, I am at Left Nut Brewing in Gainesville, coming back on with a man, Pap. And, by the way, Pap is the owner, co-founder of this wonderful brewery here. So, salute to him, salute to what they do. Shout out to Jason, one of the brewers, and just the whole crew here. They've really shown a lot of love. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of love here. Yeah, man. And your tasting room manager, Jason, what's his last name? Oh, Jason Brown. Jason Brown, man. Stand-up dude. Knows the city of Gainesville. Really kind of is able to expound upon your story and your branding. 
Yeah, and you know, um, Jason and, and there are other people that work our tap rooms and so forth, uh, they all started here as volunteers. They came out while we were building the brewery said, how can I help? And basically put blood, sweat, and tears into this thing to get us to where we are. I tell you what, and this is an interesting business. So one of the questions I always ask people is, if somebody wanted to get into this business, what would you tell them? I, I would tell them to have one, uh, first, have the resources. And understand if you want to do it in this business as a you know small player, a mid-sized player, or do you have ambitions to grow large? Because that's gonna that's gonna require you to think about your capital strategy and the size of system you want, the way you want to brew your beers, everything. So, for example, if you want to go and be a sort of a small niche player in a specific beer category, you don't want to be the best at it more power to you. Do like the Belgians do. You know, they. if you go to Belgium, there's 400 some old uh, breweries. Right, right, right. And the whole country is the size of uh, Maryland. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so you know what? What they do is they specialize in one or two styles. And that's it. That's, that's what they it. do. Yeah. So if you want to be that, be true to yourself and do that. And that's what that's what you drive. That's mm-hmm. what you drive your capital strategy. That's how you drive your equipment, all that. But then if you want to be something like, hey, you know what? I want to be like... Uh, Terrapin. I want to. When I grow up, I want to be like Sweetwater. What well, you got to start off, and and your capital strategy has to include starting off where you can get to the volume quickly. Otherwise, guess what? The barrier to entry is getting higher and higher from a right. cost perspective, from a, a competition perspective. Everything. This brewery industry is not where it was a year ago, not where it was five years ago, mm-hmm. and definitely not where it was six, seven years ago when a lot of our brethren started here in Atlanta. Sometimes it's not even where it was ten minutes ago, depending on and, where you're at. You're so it right. moves quickly. Every time we turn around, it's a new brewery coming up. I'm curious to see where that comes in. But you mentioned Terrapin and Sweetwater, and that's another thing I always ask. Okay, what do you know Sweetwater for? Fort Worth. Right. Obviously, they make a bunch of other beers. That's right. Better stuff, different things, but 420 is what they're known for. Champion, obscution. I call those keep the lights on beer. That's right. So what's your keep the lights on beer? So being only in business for seven months in the market, it's hard Everything for me. Yeah, every, it, it becomes very difficult for us to have sort of the uh, audacity to say this is our lights on beer because yeah, at the end of the day, the consumers choose. What our strategy is, we're going to put out three, four, five, uh, beers that are true to its category, but with in- interesting interest ca- characteristics that make it our own, mm-hmm. and let the consumer decide. Maybe one or two become the beers, or as I s- tell you know many of our visitors is we may not have a home run beer. We may have five beers that keep batting us around the bases on an ongoing basis. That's good too. Right, right. I mean, you make it work. I mean, like you look at say Orpheus, for instance. The Atlanta has become like their number one. So, and who would have thought that beer with exactly. the sour in a can is a plum tart? Is there no, I mean, and it's so interesting. That's right. It's very interesting. And you know what? You never know what the market's going to choose. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to do what you believe in right. and put it out there. Right. Or like for Wild Heaven, it's the emergency, emergency drinking beer. beer. Right. Then after that, it's the brown ale. Right. And who would think of brown ale? Same thing with you guys doing a red ale. So. Right. It's just very interesting. So we don't know. So, I, we, you know, if you look at the categories we've launched, which is a Blondale, a double IPA, um, and we've got the uh, American Obsession, the Pale Ale, those are all, you know, sessionable beers. Yeah. So, well, well, maybe not the double IPA. Not the double IPA. That's yeah. the banging, right? That's the banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a 9% beer. I don't think that's a sessionable beer. But 
it, it's something in the wheelhouse for everybody to be able to access and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows which one of those hits? Now, we, we are planning on launching an IPA uh, by late spring. So when that happens, maybe that'll take off with the IPA crazy world that we're living yeah. in. You know, I don't know. Everybody loves an IPA, man. Yeah. So with you, um, you started as a home brewer. So was the first good beer you drank your own stuff or somebody else's? What, what, what did you get into? How did you get into home brewing? What were some of the good beers you had? Well, the, 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 again, I got into home brewing because I fell in love with Anchor Brewing Company's Anchor Steam Beer. And uh, that's what it started. It's just a, and it's still such a cool beer. I mean, it cool. earlier. It's still cool. It's still the little stubby bottle. I mean, and it's still the same label. That's right. Yeah, that's it's right. just a fun It's a beer. fun beer. It's nostalgic. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. Yeah. Uh, everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um but I tell you what, you know, a lot of the beers that kind of um, continue to drive me, not necessarily my own, but if you look at um, a lot of the breweries that were sort of producing small batch beer, right? And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have one on top of my head or so forth. Well, well, give me a couple. Give me a couple that you maybe kind of were drinking and... Well, I, you know, I was I was drinking Sweetwater uh, for a while. You know, yeah, of course, uh, Sweetwater yeah. was a great beer, and, and mm-hmm. ter- Terrapins. Uh, you know, uh, the, what is it? The Muhu. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that waking makes it or the waking well, yeah. or the WNB now because yeah, yeah. change it. That series, yeah. And I had some people who were like, "Well, you know, they they quote sold out or whatever." Which, but but you know what? I think that's very unfair. It is. I think so too. I, I think it's unfair because. How do you know what you're going to do when when something like that presents itself? Right. And then, like I said, you know, remember I said before, who do you want to be down the road? Mm-hmm. And that that becomes sort of your modus operandi. I mean, as you are doing. Hey, look, man, I don't care who you are. Everybody like money, right? You know, it's like Jumbo like said, everybody likes money. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when I, when I went to college, she stopped giving me gifts or gifts. She would just give me some money. Yeah. And she's like, everybody likes money. And same thing with birth. I mean, when you start these things up, and we're talking about having, you know, $2 million in capital to start, just yeah. to start. Yeah. And you talk about having investors and all these things, like, that's money. That's money. It's real money. It's real money. And and I think the other thing we have to kind of think of is once you get to a certain size and these discussions come up, you have to do two things. You have to think about what's best for your employees long run. Right. I mean, where is this industry going? Mm-hmm. You know, if this if there is a balloon and a bubble, what serves your employees the best? How do you give all the ones that work so hard for, with you up to this point the best outcome? Yeah. Right. And then you think of your investors, right? And then maybe you think a little bit of yourself. Said, you know, what do I kind of do? Let all of those factors come into a decision. So it's very unfair to just judge with one filter. Right. But I mean, but I started to say that I still, that wake that. WMB series. That's right. good. It's great. All the oatmeal cookie, all the things they do off that, yeah. Yeah. the variants, that is a really fun series. But they're able to do it and put it out in so many places because of having the resources. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I and I think, again, you know, goes back to those things. Now, if I were to tell you what really inspired me to keep going down this path and actually give up my left one to open the brewery <laughs> was not only all of the discussions and dialogues and the and the home brewing and everything else, but even before I made up my mind to do this, I had an opportunity with a really good friend of mine to spend uh, almost two weeks in Belgium. Nice. And there we ended up sampling a lot of beers and a lot of creative offerings. Ooh, and to yeah. me, it reminded me a lot of 
American craft beer, I mean, they had taken something that was age-old mm-hmm. and started making it interesting by adding adjuncts, by doing a different yeah. process, methodology, growing their own yeast, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All of these things. And again, that trip to Belgium was probably very inspiring to say, you know what? What, 400, 600, 700 years later, these guys are still around. Right. Because they believed in something and they're doing something different. So what, what, what reasonable Belgium were you in? I, 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 was in uh, I was in Brussels. I was oh, in Ostend. Nice. I was in... Several areas. It's not that there. big of a like. No, you can really no, get around no, to no, the whole no, thing. No, no. Um, Belgium Bruges. Bruges is one of my favorite oh, areas. Nice. Yeah. Belgium fascinates me because you can be over there and you'll see some dude on his bike with. Um, he went to pick up his bread. Then he went to pick up his beer. Right. <laughs> That's right. So it's like yeah. So he's like, I get my loaves of bread from here. I get my cheese from here. And I get my beer from here. And and, and and that's such a great point. The great point there is. You give locality and regionality even at the community level. Yeah. So people at a community level are enjoying a beer that's made in that community yes. by people who live in that community mm-hmm. and serve that community. How exciting is that for us to get to that point? And that's where I think the next step for Georgia in particular, because like when you go out to Portland, you go to a brewery there and there's usually two people in the brewery, maybe one guy. Right. Selling you the ticket to get in or whatever, and taking your per pint order, and then the head brewer. Right. And so you may be at the bar as you are here as the owner, the head brewer who's got been brewing thirty years, knows more than you would ever imagine. And if they have a, if they have food, it's because he's making a panini. That's at, right. At the that's bar right. for you as he's pouring whatever he brewed that day. Yeah, and I think that's such a fantastic experience because yeah. you're not Walmartizing. Mm-hmm. The whole experience across everywhere. So it's not homogenized yeah. from this location to this location. So you go to Community A and you have, you know, Joe Jim making your sandwiches and your beer at right. that small place. You go to Community B and you have Mary and Sue, you know, doing their own craft work mm-hmm. and doing something else while, you know, Jim from down the street has a barbecue right next to them cooking exactly. your food. I mean, that gives you experience. That gives you memories. That gives you sort of tangible connections to the community you visited. It's not forgettable. Right. Right? And and I think, again, not just craft brewing, obviously the food scene and everything else, but with our craft brewing in Georgia, you know, we talk about the legislation and everything else. We need to have a legislation that support these small, smaller, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, efforts yeah. to give a community its own vibe. Mm. And its own feel through its beer. I mean, because again, if you look at what beer was, going back to the proletariats, going back to Martin Luther and yeah. everything else, it's a social lubricant. It's a social lubricant. And you sit down, you have a beer, you discuss the problem you go Absolutely. And that's why you don't see a lot of te- you don't see any te- televisions here at the right. brewery, do you? Yeah. Because we're all about conversation. Yeah. With a name like ours, we have to be about conversation. Because <laughs> you got to know, hey, that's right. This name is funny. And it's so interesting because from your name to, say, like a Reformation, for instance, yeah. we're like, those guys are really into naming their beers after, like, these religious acts and really right. into and which is fantastic. It's, it's, uh, that's their ethos. That's their, yeah. their, their formulation. And that's mm-hmm. great. For us, you know, we, we realize we have to make great beer. But at the same time, we, we, have to, we have to say that this is all about fun. So what I'm saying is that, you know, the ability for us to realize that not only do we have to make a serious beer uh, in order to play, 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is about fun. It what? is beer. It's about conversation. Well, I tell you what, it better be a good beer if you want me to drink a left nut. There you go. So, right. yeah, if you want me to go and order a left nut, it better be a good beer. And, and you're right. <laughs> it, it, it's a double-edged sword. Right. You know? Because either you would say, oh, man, those guys have it, and they're doing... Or you'd say, I wouldn't give my left one to drink there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So hopefully, what you've tasted and everything else, yeah. we're, we're going on the right path. No, no, I mean, you guys do some really cool stuff here, which is... Because I saw the name... I, I'll be honest with you. Like, it kind of was like... Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm like, can I picture myself ordering a left nut? Right. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what if I right. see that tap? But so, then, so but then let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about One that. One of the things we've done is if you look at all of our tap and logo and everything else, it's LNB. LNB, yeah. That's what's prominent. Mm-hmm. That's what gets you know, a lot of time put on the menu, LNB. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go, what does LNB stand for? And that's where the conversation comes in. Right. I see, and I then see. it becomes hilarious. But we also have sub-brands, all of our beers. So I don't go around ordering, may I have a new Belgium fat tire? I go, I want a fat oh, tire. fat tire, yeah, that's So what, what people are ordering is... Or something with, with a Scoot Water 420. You're going to yeah, have one is a 420. You want to have Scoot so, yeah. so basically what people do is, I want the Lapland Blonde. I want the American Obsession. You right. know, I want the Mighty Banyan. That that becomes how your motive uh, mm. thing. But this background aspect of the name continues to create interest, generates dialogue, generates this sort of um, yeah. even a, a debate right mm-hmm. which is fine we like about conversation I like it I like it I mean because and that's one of the reasons why I really want to come check you guys out I'm like okay I remember I saw it it's like the logo and ah you're you're um, the guy who was there slim dude um, what's my man's name who was uh, where at um the first time I had you guys was at um Turner Field it was a beer oh, what was it? Uh, was it maybe Rick? Yes, Rick. Yes, yeah. Rick, Rick's with the stinky hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rick's an interesting dude. So that's why I first met. And so Rick's kind of an interesting guy. I'm yeah. obviously I'm sure. And he's our mad scientist. He creates all the beer profiles and things like that for the most part. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, all right. So here's this weird dude, and he's talking about the beer, and you know, he's like, hey, here's a sticker, and I'm like, all right. And but then I had a couple. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're doing some really fun things here. Right. And now, taking out your facility, man, like, this is a really cool spot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're serious about our craft. We're serious about who we are. Uh, but at the same time, also, we, we also... The average stuff. Yeah, and, and the thing that we need to do is also understand we are a consumer product, right? We could have named this beer anything. How would it have connected to us, mm. right? Uh, it, this is something with the name people can relate to. You know, yeah. it's like... Because we're all willing to saying. give it up for something. Yeah, give it up for something. So I think it, it's that, but but also the fact that if I were walking down a crowded shelf of beers mm-hmm. and I see Left Nut Brewing there on a, on a pack... You've got to give it another look. I'm going to give it a second look, right? And how valuable is that in a crowding market? Yes, that's fair. Right? Yeah. So if that gives us even a teeny tiniest bit of an edge and then our beers are good... Fine, we'll take it. So, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Where was the first place you had your beer in the market? First place I had the beer in the market was at Downtown Drafts in Gainesville. We launched there. Nice. Uh, at Gainesville, like I said, has been so supportive of us. So, Wild Wing Cafe in Gainesville was that another one, and then Tap It Growler Store. Yeah. Also, you know, has been extreme supporter of ours. So these are the three places, and I thought, you know, going up there and seeing our tap and ordering 
our beer from a local retailer. That's it, you know? The journey had begun. Right, right, right. But here it is, right? And then the other... How did that feel, man? It's indescribable. It's almost surreal, right? Because you don't think you'll ever get there. Mm Because everybody talks about doing something like this. Yeah. And then you do it. And then it starts to happen. And then you go, well, am I really here? I've heard it's like an artist... Hearing their song on the radio for the first time. I, I think so, but I, you know, I, I don't have that context, but it, maybe yeah. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that was very fun is when I went to the first Taco Mac that carried it and ordered my own beer to get points for their passport club. Ah, nice, nice. Right? How cool nice. was that? And so, the, 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 well, I, they didn't know who you were when you were no, ordering, right? No, no, no. They didn't know who I was when I ordered it. So, it's, so let's talk about that. Like, how was that going out? Because, like, I've seen you guys, and you guys went on at the Porter, and... In case you guys don't, most of you who listen to my show, you know who the porter is. Right. I, I talk about Primus right. every show, but they're just one of these standard beer bars Absolutely. downtown Decatur. Absolutely. Um, and, well, Brick Store is downtown Decatur. The porter's more a little five points. Right. But just two of those standard they are. beer bars. When you they're the temples up, of beer, man. Exactly. So what's it like when you go to a place like that? I'm, I'm, I am actually truly surprised we were in Porter as early in our lifespan as we were. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, hats off to to the guys that put us on to at the Porter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also you know seen ourselves at Hop City. Yeah, Hop City is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it, it's really humbling to kind of see somebody that is so far removed from Gainesville, you know, sampling our beer and saying, you know what, they're worth putting on tap. Wow. Because you know what, that retailer has taken a risk on us mm-hmm. in every way. We're untried. We're unproven. Right. And somebody like a Porter Bar put that on, you know, my hat's off to them. And I, I'm very humbled at that. And that, and that's interesting. So what's it like when you're out somewhere? Um, you know, because it's kind of interesting. It's like, um, ah, the movie reference skates, he was like, where he talks about um, Blue Magic. It's yeah, yeah. like, uh, yeah, the Denzel Washington. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, Blue Magic. It's like, they know me like they know Lee I. Coco. You know what I'm saying? And it's the whole thing, right? And so... Because, like, I mean, you're front-facing, but not really. Right. So it's like when you go out somewhere, say you're, you're sitting in a restaurant, and a server is describing your beer yeah. to a patron or whatever. Have you ever had that happen? or was that Well, you know, the first thing you do, you perk up. You, you perk up and you listen. Is this person doing this right? You know? What yeah, are they yeah. saying? You know? mm-hmm. And then when they start talking about it and they, they really know about what, what they're talking about and everything else, one... I thank my distribution partner because they've done a good job educating them. And I thank, uh, or I thank my uh, sales rep because they've done a good job in mm-hmm. explaining to that. And I, I actually call that white person over and introduce myself. And I said, hey, you know what? Thank you. And they'll go, what are you thanking me for? Then I tell them. And then they get really energized. They're like, oh, oh wow. really? Whatever. And usually, you know, uh, I think it's just, it's just a, such a great experience because people are really there to help you. Mm-hmm. Everybody's there to help you. They're all about local, and they're there to help you. And if you have a good product, they will continue to help you. We've had people, uh, servers, that after talking to me, they've actually come all the way to Gainesville to come visit the brewery. Wow. Right? We still like, we sell it. Oh, we sell it. I talked to the person who originated it. I talked to the person who gave up his left one to open it. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to go and see it. And then they come here, and they get the experience with the brewery, the system. They get all of the brands that aren't in the market yet, and they can sample it. I, you know, it connects us more. Well, I'll tell you what. Pat gave up his left one to start this, but you don't have to give up your left one to listen to 
Here it is. Here on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Woolborn. I'm rocking here at Left Nut Brewing with my man Pat. And we're just really enjoying the scenery, the setup. I really like what you guys are doing here. So, real quick, tell me where they can find you guys on social media. And we'll talk about what's coming up next for you. Sure. So we, our website is uh, leftnutbrewing.com. Uh, we announce things that are more longer term and so forth. Uh, information that's more mm-hmm. static is on there. Our beer brands are on there. Food pairings, all of those things are discussed there. You can also buy T-shirts and hats and so forth from yeah. that. Uh, but, you know, our Facebook page, you know, Left Nut Brewing, that's where you get more of the interaction. We're on Instagram, you know, and, and we're also on uh, um, uh, Twitter. Right. So uh, we use those channels uh, a lot. So follow us, get on our webpage, uh, and you can click on join any of those types of feeds. Uh, we are, when you visit the brewery, we take your email address, and we don't spam you or anything, but once a month we send you a flyer of the key events and things that are happening, um, and so we keep up. We've got about uh, uh, close to, we've got almost 2,700 fa- Facebook followers. Nice. We've got almost five 600 uh, Instagram followers. So, you know, again, we're very happy that people are finding us interesting people are finding us worth following and so we thank them and that's what you got to do man you got to be out there you got to be connected with people so what's coming next for you guys as far as beer wise over the next months well uh you know in the upcoming months from a beer release perspective you know as our porter and the imperial red kind of wind down its seasonal availability Mm -hmm. we are going to release an ipa Mm -hmm. Uh, we are going to release the uh hellas lager and uh, come summertime, you know, we're going to go ahead and also release the uh, classic American Pilsner, the robust Imperial Pilsner. So those three are kind of in the works. Uh, throughout this time, you know, if you're visiting to the brewery, you're going to uh, get a lot more of our prototype beers or experimental beers, which aren't in the market. You'll also get a bunch of ciders. Uh, you know, Gainesville Ordinance allows us to make ciders. Nice, because they want a few brewers I've seen that do the right. ciders, man. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the Georgia Georgia uh, malt license, the malt mm-hmm. beverage license, includes ciders as long as they're made with apple juice and below, you know, 6% alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. So when you come here, you are going to get brewery-only offerings around cider from North Georgia apple juices and things like that to keep things interesting here. And you have a barrel aged cider that I want to check out. Yeah, so we've taken our North Georgia um, uh, cider, North Georgia apple juice based cider, uh, which we um, age in a little oak, but uh, we also age this one in a rum barrel. Mm. So it's uh, it's nice. It's very good. That sounds really smooth, man. It is. So smooth. I tell you what, guys, listen. This brewery, and there's so much history behind this place. We didn't even get into the history of the Johnson & Johnson factory, of how this place got started. There's over 250 homes built by the original makers of this place. Grain silos. They have so many things going on. We will have to come back and visit them soon because they're doing some really fun things up here in Gainesville. So, hey, guys, listen. My Falcons fans, I have a lot of Falcons fans who listen to this podcast. It's red and black. Hey, and they got the red and black going on in here. Um, when you're up next year for training camp, why not come by afterwards? Absolutely. Come by. And check these guys out. Tell us your hours when you're open. So we're open right now uh, Thursday and Friday from 5 to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then on weekends from 1 to 5 or 1 to 6, depending on how big the crowds are. Right. And, again, check these guys out. They're doing some really fun things. I'll keep you abreast when they go to package. Pat, thank you so much for being on the show. 
thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity here. This is fun. Thanks, man. Guys, here it is. Seasman Network. Check us out. Hashtag here it is pod. Check us out on Twitter. Here it is pod. Instagram here it is pod. Facebook everywhere. Keep abreast of what we're doing. My name is Tobias Woolboard, and we're out.